find it really neat as I study Acts 16 and uh, begin to read. Sometimes it's important we go back to God's Word and find some lessons. And here are Paul and Silas. They uh, had just got their first convert in Europe between verses 11 and 15. We don't know the timeline. It goes on in verse 16. It says, A certain slave girl, she was possessed with a spirit of divination, who met her, and uh, her masters would make much profit by her fortune-telling. And uh, amazing that an evil spirit had profit in it. But it just makes you think of sin. How so many sinful things. There's high profit. There's a lot of money being made off of sin. And this girl, this slave girl, had a spirit of divination. And However, Paul and Silas were being followed around the area by this girl. And she was saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. It goes on, verse 18 says, She did this for many days and what really stands out to me, it says, Paul, greatly annoyed. To me, this shows that you can be human and have the Holy Spirit in your life. It's a funny little note, but Paul, greatly annoyed, he turns to her and he says, The Spirit, he says, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. In that very hour, says, that Spirit came out of her would you know it that following this her masters seen that now their income source was just cut to nothing and a comment in my bible wesley bible says their hope of profit was gone this loss of income led to assaults on these missionaries goes on a few merchants use religious prejudice to manipulate the multitude down it goes uh, further in verse 19. says, They seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. And they made a big scene here. And 20 says, They brought them to the magistrates and said, These men, being Jews, exceedingly trouble our city. They teach customs that are not lawful for us being Romans to receive or observe. 22 then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, catch this, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks, and if you study a little further, they didn't just fasten their steep feet to the stocks, but they chained them. I think they fastened them three different ways. One, I believe, to actual men, and then they chained their hands, and they, they had those stocks on their legs. And most of us know the rest of the story. Paul and Silas found a perfect circumstance to grumble. And complain. I think it's what my Bible says is uh, at this point they had a perfect opportunity to grumble 
complain and they looked up to God and said, look what you got me into. Look what you got us into. We don't belong here. This isn't our place. We're supposed to be out there in the highways and the byways, free, untouched, powerful. No. 25 says, But at midnight Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. This is beautiful. Here was Paul and Silas, beaten by rods, stripped, they were humiliated, they were accused wrongly, they were very misused, and for some reason, Paul, we know Paul wasn't just a pushover, God placed in their senses to just say nothing. God allows them to be thrown into the prison. He allows the greatest strengths of men. He allows them to be in the midst of sinners, including that prison keeper. But further on, 26, suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And I love this. And immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. And, you know, it's powerful. A supernatural experience happened. And the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners have fled, he got ready to commit suicide. He drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul, he called with a loud voice saying, Sir, sir. Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. 29, then he called for a light, ran in, and he fell down trembling before Paul and Silas, and he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? You know, the power of Jesus Christ can be so strong and real in our lives. We don't have to paint up or make up or try and entertain a spirit if we truly have him and we truly can worship him and truly get beside ourselves and truly just accept what God allows us to get in the midst of he can do a bunch of things this this prisoner who just about took his life into his own hands had a man a person who delivered him from this oppression of the enemy most would have excused him. I think it was Saul in the Bible who fell on his own sword, committed suicide himself when he seen that his his the person who was begging to kill him would not. He was so faithful and said as soon as Saul did that, then his armor bearer, the person right next to Saul, did this. However, for some reason, God wanted to do something different in this situation because Paul and Silas did not use this opportunity as a time of murmuring and complaining, but doing what we as Christians are required and responsible to do in everything is pray first, sing first, not grumble and complain and wonder, why God, why me? This isn't fair. Here they were, being lights 
in the midst of very unfortunate circumstances. 30, he said, Sir, what must I do to be saved? What I love is they didn't make a rocket science answer. They didn't make it complicated. They said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. But that's too simple. Paul and Silas, don't you know that you've got to give them the 10-step soul winning? Don't you know the Romans road? Don't you know? Don't you know? No. They actually preach exactly what Jesus said in John 3.16, For whosoever believeth in me shall not perish, but have everlasting life. What's beautiful for following this is says 32 then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all, to all those who were with his house and he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and immediately all his family and he were baptized and now when he had brought them into his house he set food before them and he rejoiced having believed in God with all his household a beautiful reality in our day and age is if we can reach the man of the home it's likely you can reach the whole household. Lord, give us some men in this day and age where we have few leaders. Lord, help me to be a man of my own household that I can lead my whole family to Jesus Christ. 31 gives me hope that anybody can be a soul winner if they truly have Jesus Christ, if they truly take a spirit of Paul and Silas of rather than grumbling and complaining go to their knees they go to a song that is uplifting and encouraging not depressing and talking about horrid things and sad and sickening and unspiritual things but I'm saying in an uplifting time and praying what we don't understand but giving it to God knowing that he receives and realizing that those around us God has placed there on purpose and placed us in that time. And when we come to an encounter, we don't got to force Jesus Christ down anybody's throat. But the Spirit had been working as a statement assume the Holy Spirit is active in their life. The Spirit worked in this, this prison keeper's life. And he got to this place where he knew something supernatural was there. And he came trembling and he said, Sirs, you've got the answer. What is it? And they said, Faith. 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 Believe in Jesus Christ. Paul, I can imagine him after this. It said they told about the Lord, the word of the Lord to him. I can imagine Paul likely giving his experience with Jesus Christ and that that road to Damascus as he gave and almost persuaded Agrippa. I can imagine that Paul gave at least a little a little likens, a little idea of what God had done in his life, saying, I once was lost. I thought I was doing everything right. I thought I was doing my civil duties. I thought. One of the most beautiful truths of this whole encounter that's really shook and rocked my boat and my world is to find that verses 35 through 40 involve Paul claiming his legal rights. He was a Roman. 
He had rights. And he could have used these to thump some of this nonsense at the beginning. But for some reason, God, God must have communicated to Paul and said, Paul, hold off a while. I want to do some supernatural through your pain, through your trial, through your circumstance. Would you give me the glory? My prayer is, Lord, help me to have a spirit of Paul and Silas, even when it's painful, even when it's not fair, even when it's hard, even when I have my legal rights, even when it's political, even when all you can do is just want to take that person in your hands and lovingly strangle them. Sometimes all God is wanting to say is, listen, son, listen, daughter. I want to place you in this prison amongst a world of lost sinners. And I'm going to reach them through you.